Welcome to PSQH, the podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of PSQH. On this episode, I talked to Rosemary Kennedy, Chief Health Informatics Officer at Connect America, about how technology can help prevent patient falls. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Rosemary Kennedy, Chief Health Informatics Officer for Connect America. Welcome, Rosemary. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Jay. Well, thanks for being here. And um, I was wondering, as we get started, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Connect America. Sure. Um, I'm a PhD prepared nurse. um, And as you stated, I'm the Chief Health Informatics Officer at Connect America. My focus is on analytics. Um, As we all know, technology is the means to an end, and I focus on the end um, and showing the quantifiable um, impact of the technology. I've spent more than 35 years um, in the health information technology world, including EHRs, um, quality measurement in my role at NQF, and clinical trials on body-worn sensors. For the past eight years, I've focused on digital tech solutions to keep individuals safe in their homes. As a home care nurse um, for some time in a, in a prior life, so helping um, the elderly in their homes is very close to my heart. Um, with that, I'll pivot to Connect America. Our mission is to help older persons and vulnerable populations live independently and safely in their homes um, with the highest possible quality of life. We're responsible for about 900,000 subscribers. And we get close to 850,000 signals a month. And each signal is responded to within seconds with a human voice because it's more than tech. So um, we help. We Older adults through um, personal emergency response, uh, remote patient monitoring, medication management, analytics, social terms of health support, whatever it takes to keep them uh, living in their homes, which is where they want to spend their time. So, well, and, and today we're going to talk about uh, fall prevention, and um, obviously, uh, falls or patient falls are still such a huge issue. I was wondering if you could kind of talk a little bit about why that is. Yeah, um, I I think in the past, the mindset was that people fell because they're old. Um, And yes, the aging process has something to do with uh, generalized deterioration. However, um, research is showing us that falls are not inevitable part of aging um, individuals fall because of the underlying conditions mm-hmm. and risk factors that cause the fall. And if we object, address those underlying conditions, um, we can reduce fall events. Um, according to the CDC, uh, the risk factors for falls are classified into two categories. It makes sense. Um, intrinsic factors, physiological changes, uh, medical conditions. And then um, when we talk about the home, um, environmental hazards in the home uh, play a a big role. So um, each year, more than one in four older adults, um, age 65 or older, will fall. Um, It represents 29 million falls, 800,000 hospitalizations, et cetera. So I think the focus has pivoted towards addressing um, the underlying uh, physiological changes and medical conditions, and then as well as the environment in the home. And obviously, uh, the fall itself isn't even the worst part of uh, a fall for a senior citizen. What are some of the sort of 
ramifications that can happen, you know, after a fall occurs? Well, if you think about if the fall occurs, um, you know, with injury, right, then the individual is transported to the emergency room. Um, they go through a process of care delivery. Um, they may need, a, you know, if there's a, a fracture or hip replacement, et cetera. They, um, the chances of them returning to their baseline is, is probably slim. Um, then they have to move into a um, skilled nursing facility, trying to get them back into the home is problematic. So if we can move the intervention more upstream in the process to prevent the fall, um, we're better off. We have a, a huge data warehouse with personal emergency response and individuals press their buttons, um, you know, for a fall. And it's the top reason for button press. It's not the only reason, but it's the top right. one, about 53%. Um, and, and that is a huge indication that we have a problem. And I, I think in some respects it's underreported. Um, I think people fall and we don't know that they're falling. Right. So I think um, moving the intervention more upstream in the process to prevent it is probably a good thing to do. And, and obviously the number of senior citizens is growing uh, in the U.S. Uh, as the population ages, you know, the baby boomers are, uh, I guess, are already at senior citizen age. Um, so it's just, you know, I guess the, the numbers look even worse just in terms because there's just so many more seniors than there used to be. Sure, yeah. Uh, starting in 2030, um, when all the boomers will be older than 65, uh, older Americans will make up, I think about 21% of the population. Today, it's 15%. Wow. So um, as they grow, and uh, two things come to mind, Jay. Um, Individuals with underlying conditions and risk factors that are associated with falls will continue to grow, right? Because the population's growing. And many of these um, older um, citizens are, live alone in their homes. Right. So, and so that's a huge factor as well. They incur environmental hazards in their home, lighting, um, cluttered floors, et cetera. And the combination of the two um, is a recipe to put an individual at risk for falls. Um, it also then um, forces us to look at some of the underlying medical conditions that they have and try to address some of those medical conditions to prevent a fall. So how can uh, digital health technology sort of do, the, do that, address those issues uh, that you mentioned? Sure. Um, the CDC developed an initiative called STEADY, um, which stands for Stopping Elderly Accidents, Death, and Injuries. Um, and this was based on the American and British Geriatric Society's Clinical Fall Prevention Guidelines. So, um, as you stated, it's important for the nation, and this STEADY initiative includes a lot of good materials um, that facilities can use to set up a falls program. And um, I think one could break it down into maybe um, three, four areas in terms of the use of um, technology. One is assessing risk, right? So um, let's pretend like it's your mother that is in living independently and we need to assess her risk for falls. 
So um, there are ways to do that. There's um, fall risk assessment instruments um, from the CDC. Um, we are working on an AI-enabled chatbot and through remote patient monitoring, they can ask the individual questions. We have found in looking at the data in, in our warehouse that frequently before fall, there are two things that occur. An individual may press their button saying, I need a lift assist. I need help getting out of my chair. Um, and then you also press their button saying, my legs are weak. I cannot get from the bedroom to the bathroom. So that is, a, in terms of risk, is a um, reported situation for which we can have an, an intervention. Um, so assessing the risk and then putting the a plan in place to keep them at the optimal level of functioning in their home. Um, steps, mobility, activity is correlated with falls. The more mobile somebody is, the stronger their muscles are. So um, through digital tech, we can track the steps and the mobility of an individual. Um, as I said before, uh, the falls sometimes are caused by underlying conditions, so monitoring blood pressure and blood sugar. If your blood pressure goes down, you're going to fall. If your blood sugar goes down, you're at risk for falls. Um, a daily outreach, um, you know, research has shown that a chatbot, an outreach in the morning, how are you feeling? And um, an individual may respond with leg weakness, dizziness, adherence to medications. You don't take your medications, um, then you can deteriorate and digital tools with with exercises. So we're approaching it much like um, other systems, looking at it in terms of a program and a broad perspective, but there are interventions that can keep the individual at the optimal level of functioning in their home. Um, early detection that something is wrong, and I brought this up before through personal emergency response, 53% um, um, of our button presses are related to falls but the top 10 hit other areas that put an individual at fall risk, respiratory problems, um, dizziness, lightheadedness, et cetera. Um, legs are weak, I need to lift assist. So um, an immediate response to that, uh, and that may very well be an outreach um, for personal emergency response to EMS, or it could be an outreach to the nursing home care agency that this individual is at risk for a fall. In fact, we did um, a research study that showed there were seven interventions that home care nurses um, executed on that were statistically significant in keeping individuals from visiting the emergency room and incurring an inpatient stay. So they pressed their button, they said, Jay, you know, I, I've fallen, my legs are weak, uh -huh. I've fallen with injury, without injury, and that notification going to home care um, gives them the ability to put a plan in place. And then there's fall detection, you know, um, so the individual doesn't have to do anything. You know, a signal comes, somebody has fallen, uh, goes to a call center, and then there's a response immediately. So this response, because time is of the essence, if somebody is at risk and if they have fallen, um, time is of the essence. So um, early detection and intervention is important. And then I think as, as we as an industry move forward with um, 
deploying um, digital technology, the payer plans, home care agencies, et cetera, as a byproduct of use of the technology, assessing the impact that it has on utilization and cost is critical as well. How much uh, of a challenge is digital literacy for you know these uh, these uh, senior citizens? I mean, uh, I imagine a lot more people are you know pretty familiar with you know using a computer or using technology, but I do know like you know just speaking from personal experience, my mother was fairly computer literate and as sort of, you know, she's gotten older and, and a little more, you know, sort of early stage dementia kicked in, she's forgotten how to use certain, you know, her computer and stuff. So like how much of that factors in when you're sort of rolling these services out to folks? Yeah, it's a critical factor, Jay. Um, when I talked about personal emergency response, um, there kind of is no learning curve. Mm. Um, they have, you know, um, it can be a mobile device. They um, can have a bracelet. It's around their neck. They press a button. That's all they have to do. Right. And within 30 seconds, they hear a voice. And um, the button press could be, I've fallen, I'm weak, I can't get out of bed. Um, you know, they hear a human voice and then following protocol, there is a response. So there's um, no learning curve in terms of, of that. And that's a critical factor um, in terms of um, fall prevention. And then when we consider remote patient monitoring, um, you know, it, it's delivered to, let's say it's your mother, it would be delivered to her out of the box, um, ready to work. And, um, um, you know, there is a small learning curve related to that. And also um, there is an AI enabled chat bot. So um, that may reach out. So let's say your mother, you know, didn't know it, how to use a computer. She wouldn't have to know, have to know how to use a computer. And um, um, a chat bot would say, um, hey, Jay's mom, how are you doing? Um, how are you feeling today? And a quick response to that. So the goal is to um, make it um, frictionless and integrate it within the um, lifestyle of the older person. You know, and tracking steps, it's just the, you know, the device around the neck is going mm -hmm. to track how many steps they take that day. So um, they don't have to learn how to use a computer screen, how to sign on to anything none of that. And I think that's where we need to go to um, um, help elderly people in their homes. So how do you, how do your services sort of get rolled out? Do you kind of work with um, a healthcare, a health plan or health provider and then, and then kind of become involved that way? How does it sort of, uh, how do you get set up? Yeah, there, there's multiple um, ways to to engage. So we have um, you were talking about your mother. Mm -hmm. So you could set up um, a solution for your mother for personal emergency response, have it delivered, takes out of the box, puts it around her neck. It, it, it works. Um, we also work with um, health plans, um, you know, because they can integrate personal emergency response within their falls program keep the individuals um, safe in their home with value-based purchasing. That's where they want the individuals to be. They want to keep them uh, out of the emergency room and out of an inpatient stay. So um, we work with health plans. We also work with um, nursing home care agencies. 
um, that are um, responsible for a population of patients. Um, as a home care nurse, I can speak to that. Their um, goal is to keep individuals in their home, keep them safe, keep them out of the emergency room. So between the um, payers, um, the various um, healthcare plans, which are payers, home care agencies, and then also directly working with, um, with consumers, um, individuals that want to put um, personal emergency response in their home for their elderly parent. When it comes to remote patient monitoring, obviously um, that is something that is written, written um, in order written by a physician, uh, could be written by a nurse practitioner, then an individual um, does need RPM uh, support and assistance in their home. That gets deployed, they open it up, um, we have an AI chatbot that gets them started with it, and then um, the remote patient monitoring is um, implemented. And I imagine that, you know, once a health plan or, or system has this in place, I mean, they'll, they will, they can sort of see it translated in terms of cost savings, in terms of, you know, folks who aren't getting hospitalized. They're not, you know, they're not requiring, you know, those, those intensive services that may happen if they didn't have this service in place. Sure. And um, that is the most critical factor, right, Jay? Um, there's an investment by health plans, home care agencies, um, you know, CMS paying for this um, for the elderly, you paying for it for your mother. Um, as a byproduct of system use, um, collecting analytics and data is critical. Um, so you can measure the performance and measure the impact. Um, we have data points related to that, uh, follow a strict methodology, and many of them under IRB. Um, to look at utilization, we have found with remote patient monitoring, a statistically significant uh, reduction in blood pressure and blood sugar. Again, they're equated to falls, so that's very important. Um, and a statistically significant impact with um, home care nurse interventions to keep individuals out of the emergency room. So those analytics are critical. Um, we are embarking upon um, additional research studies to look at utilization and cost. Because, you know, that's the end game, Jay. You know, the investment in the technology is good, it's needed, we know it's needed, but at the end of the day, we have to show the impact on utilization and cost, and we have data points um, showing that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so how widespread are services like yours uh, now, like, are, are, would you say you're sort of, uh, you know, kind of well circulated now, or is it still kind of early stages? Or how would you uh, evaluate that? Well, I think it's well circulated, right? Because, you know, for three, four decades, the, the company has been in business. Mm -hmm. So personal, personal emergency response is well circulated. Um, I think the opportunity is growing as we look at the market um, post-COVID. Um, the home now has become a site of care, a care site, if you will. 90% um, of the elderly do not want to go into skilled nursing facilities. Um, with COVID, um, right. putting them in the hospital places them at risk. So I think it, it's what they want. You know, it, it brings satisfaction, which is a key 
um, indicator for the plans in terms of um, heat scores and value-based pur purchasing. It's where they want to be. So I think it's just going to increase, Jay. Anything we can do to keep individuals at home. And it's not just one solution. It, it, it's, it's a platform that has a combination of technology and services, you know, um, an Uber, um, you know, we do outreach from the call center to get them transportation for dialysis, um, to get them meals, etc. So it's a combination of this comprehensive platform to keep them safe at home. And, and you know, you mentioned the pandemic. Did you see, you know, obviously the, you know, telehealth uh, became commonplace during the pandemic because folks, you know, like you said, didn't want to have to go into a hospital or a doctor's office because they were afraid to get COVID. And I think that, you know, the hospitals and the doctor's offices wanted to keep people, you know, away if they weren't, you know, in serious condi uh, condition or need of care. But, um, you know, how did the, has the rise of telehealth helped out uh, in terms of, you know, getting folks more familiarized with this kind of technology? Yeah, I think it's done a couple things. Number one, probably the most critical reimbursement, right? We're good until um, January 11th with some of the RPM and telehealth. Um, the elderly population engaged with it, you know, they, um, it's not going to go backwards. Um, they were able to use it, you know, just what I alluded to. They can press a button, hear a human voice. The remote patient monitoring is easy to use. Um, it keeps them out of the hospital and out of long-term care facilities, which we don't want them to be in, right? We're seeing a rise now. Um, in, in terms of um, viruses and everything. So we, we don't want them um, in the hospital. So we're able to monitor um, and treat their chronic conditions remotely. Um, and I don't think that that is um, going away. And I imagine you must have had a pretty good response from family members as well, especially if they're not necessarily, you know, in the house. Uh, you know, just to, to have some sense of security that, you know, somebody's keeping an eye on their on their loved ones. Jay, I have I have volumes of letters. So if you're ever having a bad day, you can read some of the letters that come from subscribers and family members. Um, like, think about it. You know, my mother-in-law fell on the floor and um, pressed her button. And she said this voice came from the ceiling. <laughs> it came from nowhere, and within like 30 seconds, someone said, I'm here to help you. It's going to be okay. What's wrong? So um, those letters um, come, and, and also we're expanding uh, the ability to communicate, you know, to family members. You know, we'll do outreach, you know, mm -hmm. call 45 minutes later. Jay, your mom was having a rough time. She didn't need EMS, but you went to see her. How's she doing? Um, that closed the loop. Is, is so critical, you know what yeah. I mean? Because it's yeah. one thing to do the outreach and you provide the care and then closing that loop is, is so critical. So satisfaction scores are, are high, you know? Um, so when you look at the cost effectiveness and, and some of the analytics and the work we're doing, looking at it from a fi financial perspective, it looks pretty good, you know? Um, there's some upper end um, tech solutions out there in the home that do continuous monitoring, um, fairly expensive. And 
I think probably 80, 85% of the older persons don't necessarily need that, right? Yeah. Probably people like your mom that just need some infrastructure and support. I imagine it's also good in terms of knowing if there's been a fall, because I know from personal experience that sometimes, you know, she, she would fall and then not say anything to anybody for a while and then I was mentioned like oh yeah I fell last week and I was like oh, you got to tell us this stuff you know so I mean yeah. I think it's good to know you know if somebody's fallen a few times in the last couple of weeks falls underreported right yeah. so what you just said about your mother is underreported because it goes nowhere but we have it when they press their button and say they've fallen um they feel very comfortable communicating that with a, a, a trained operator that's right. following a protocol. So um, we track all of those. Um, we have a fall risk report that goes to the plans, um, can go to the physicians, the care providers. Um, so that is important, you know, and we are just embarking upon communicating to family members in emergency contacts. So let's say your mother fell and they felt like they needed to transport her to the emergency room. Jay, she may, you would never know, right? Or right. You, she'd be gone and you think, what emergency room did she go to? You know, there are four or five in the area. Yeah. And now um, sending a, a text message on your phone to say, Jay, hey, your mom just went to community hospital emergency room. Here's the phone number if you wanna call and, and find out what's going on with her. So removing that big gap, black box, um, and breaking down that down is is really important. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, and they can do an outreach, Jay. Mm -hmm. They can reach out to you and say, "Here, mom fell. Um, she's okay. You know, um, right. we think you know she's fine. She doesn't need EMS." And then you know that she fell. You can call her and she can say, "Yeah, I, you know, I, I tripped in, in in the kitchen," but. The important thing is that that's a signal that something is going on, and that's yeah. where yeah. we integrate that into the broader ecosystem. Yeah, because then maybe you need to look for, you know, those environmental factors. Is there Are there too many things that, you know, she's tripping on, or, you know, is it just that, you know, maybe it's time for, you know, a different setting or some or a home, you know, or somebody to be there more often, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's huge. Exactly. Maybe she needs some RPM and yeah. somebody, you know, will work with the um, services, someone to go in and um, remove the throw rugs or whatever may be in right. the home, which is important. Yeah. Well, Rosemary, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. This has been, uh, this has been great. Yeah. Thank you, Jay, for having me. All right. That wraps up episode 71 of PSQH, the podcast. Thanks for listening and I hope you join me next time. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at psqh.com. You can subscribe to the show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Thanks again, and stay safe.